Welcome to the Friday Council, a podcast exploring modern life and the human condition. Join us each week for a new conversation. This is the Friday Council. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Friday Council podcast. We are on episode 36 today. My name is Nav and in front of me, to my right, is Daniel. Hello. And David, to my left. G'day. Yeah, we're diving right in today. So Daniel is going to lead us on the topic. Sure. We wanted to talk about t- today... Um, uh, neurotypicality. We may have all heard the terms like neurodivergent and therefore neurotypicality, neurotypical, um, meaning regular brain, a typical n- neurology and neurodivergent, as you can imagine, an ab- abnormal. Yeah, I suppose it's different. Has different a negative connotations. and challenges. Yeah, abnormal doesn't necessarily mean negative, but um, we we almost have an expert here, lived expert. Um. <laughs> In, in his own right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, if anyone knows us personally, or David personally, ADHD king. You, you can carry on carry on from there. I won't speak for you. Okay. You want to give a quick background of... Quick background of what? Yeah. What? Yeah, ADHD. Okay. The diagnosis. My, my personal case, or ADHD in general, is that what you're seeking? Why not both? Okay. Yeah. All right, well... Yeah. What people might think of ADHD is, okay. and then yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah, and what it actually is. So yeah, to you I, I said before we started the pod, uh, I feel like ADHD is almost sort of glamorized in society, like movies, music, just you know whatever culture. Uh, it's not really put in the same category as like depression, anxiety, autism. No one associates those things with like being cool or good, mm. you know. We understand that those things are, are negative, like their struggles. Negative content. But yeah, ADHD, yeah. it's almost like, oh, the, I think the perception is, oh, you can't focus, you're as distracted, you're bouncing off walls sort of thing. It's like you're almost a child. That's the extent of it, whereas like, it goes so much deeper than that. Mm. Of course, every arm of ADHD is different, but there's a lot of common traits that come with it. Uh, like I, I said before the pod as well, uh, the way I sum it up is like it's a little bit of everything it's a little bit of depression it's a little mm. bit of anxiety uh it's a little bit of autism it's a little bit of ocd it's just a little bit of everything mashed together so it goes so much deeper than not being able to focus yes that's a part of it but then there's as I say the the self-doubt rumination overthinking um the list goes on mm. I said before, um, sometimes I, th- I feel like this might be a, I haven't talked about it with any other neurotypicals, but um, I feel like it might be a pretty common neurotypical response to news stories or like social media when you see um, someone being praised, maybe who has, who has clinical social anxiety or it's been labeled or clinical depression or whatever, some official title. And they say that they came they overcame their social anxiety. Like I, set my driver's license test today and it's like it's like a selfish feeling of like hang on a second like i had anxiety about my driving lesson too where's, big, where's big my parade yeah, big deal yeah, yeah. yeah which is like which is i know i recognize it's pretty selfish but mm-hmm. um i think it's probably pretty common for, for did, i mean do you yeah. f- ever feel that you're like hang on a second like i have depression yeah. something like, i feel down sometimes as well i think I know it's natural tendency for for humans, or maybe it's just me, is when someone celebrates something or is going through something in triumph, you, you always have that like 
we talked in our first episode, tall poppy syndrome. It's like, well, you know, here they are achieving something that I wish I could do, that that might be one element of it. The other one too, yeah, like you said, we all go through valleys and peaks through life and some have it a lot harder than others, but that doesn't necessarily mean your experiences or your, yeah, if, if it's the same thing, you know, like taking a driver's test doesn't mean because one struggled with it more than the other that they can celebrate it more or less. It's just, I think you do in life need to have some successes that you celebrate, even the smallest ones. Like if you're depressed, for example, maybe even getting out of bed is your first challenge. Like that doesn't mean people who have been depressed for years struggling to do that, they take that leap. doesn't mean you're like, we're all going through our own journeys in life. It's not a competition. That's a good way of putting it. And I also think like we often make this point or I often make this point, flip it on its head and be grateful yeah. that your anxiety or your depression as much as you may experience it is right because all humans will experience it it's not as bad as someone the fact that you aren't yeah debilitated by it be yeah just flip it and be like wow it's yeah it's tempting to be like oh celebrating something so small yeah. but be like i'm glad that i don't get that anxious that mm. it would i would feel the need to like celebrate that so much like the fact that it's that bad for them yeah be grateful that it's not that bad for you if that makes any sense yeah i i I know what you mean yeah Yeah. it's it's impossible to tell i remember thinking um shortly after starting my relationship with my now long-term partner um like wow damn never felt never felt i love like this before and i I see it with other people (laughs) yeah very, (laughs) very true but other people you know you can't like you can't imagine being more in love with someone it's entirely Mm. possible Mm -hmm. that it's there's more I could be more in love with someone else is brutal and same for everyone like you could never you can never prove that you're the most yeah, in yeah, love yeah. you can yep. could ever possibly be same with same in this situation with like anxiety you think you think in your head your experience as a neurotypical person you probably don't have as severe social anxieties you go you're referencing that and you go okay I push through it. it's pretty bad I can imagine maybe 10% worse than that but it's entirely possible and you again you'll never be able to prove someone with clinical social anxiety it's like on a completely different level, like the equivalent of taking smoking one joint and smoking ten joints. Like you can't yeah, you can't yeah. imagine what the experience is like. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, that that's exactly right. And I guess yeah, you just have to come from it from a pers- pers- perspective. Uh, yeah, as I say, of course, all humans experience anxiety, but is it affecting your quality of life? Uh, and is it like debilitating? And you'll know if it is or not. Like, are there things that you want to do that you? keep not doing because your anxiety or depression whatever it is 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 getting in the way is that nirvana song goes something in the way Mm. think of it like that um so yeah uh just like a quick example you saw like last year of me how anxious i can get uh you know my life was put on hold before i got my wisdom teeth extracted because i just my brain was just fixated on that yeah and i had like so a, one hurdle at a time yeah, like you can, had, it's hard to juggle well yeah, i don't know i'm uh, not speaking for you but yeah, yeah i had like a month of hell as you as you would probably well remember and also the same mm. it was people. tough to watch like to watch yeah like, so it's like just let it go man come on yeah, you can do but, it. but <laughs> yeah, the way my yeah. brain is wired it i just as as much as i can logically say i should the emotional part deep down in my brain doesn't allow me to do that whereas i think yeah a, a neurotypical person would 
be anxious about nobody's going to be looking forward to getting teeth extracted but they could sort of put it off until like the day before mm. like well that's an, that's four weeks away from now and then it wouldn't be until a day before that oh, yeah. shit, i'm a bit nervous whereas for me it was just on my mind the whole time 20 every moment i was awake so yeah it was brutal i could was, i could yeah yeah i could tell it, was, it, was, it felt mentally exhaust like it, it seemed mentally exhaust exhausting in general yeah but especially mentally exhausting yeah yeah well, I could go both ways and some like, let's say, for example, you book a holiday in advance, you know, let's say it's six months down the line, you can live that excitement and joy for like th- the whole six months. Wow, I can't wait, like counting down the days, like, and it consumes you that way. I had that for my mm. last holiday, but then if it's something negative, mm. that's, it just seems a whole lot more amplified and a whole lot more, um, yeah, just it, it stands out a lot more. Like we talked about Lucas with the yeah. positive and negative yep. um criticism and encouragements from outside. You got if you're if you're expecting to be affected by one positive yep. one, you gotta you gotta be able yeah. to, you gotta be prepared to take the equal amount in the other direction. I think another like good metaphor for it is if you think of someone if they had like a physical di- disability, they were uh had one leg you're not going to expect them to run 100 meters as well as someone with two legs are you so think of that in the brain mm. if someone's brain is wired a certain way it's literally like a, a handicap from your perspective do you do you sometimes feel like it, that's it's that stark of a difference with like that metaphor is more is like a very good metaphor do you think it's it, like it's it like the equivalent be- the equivalent of running a race with one leg probably not as two. extreme as that but th- just to like make it yeah, use an extreme example mm. to bring it. the other it's example. Yeah, the other example I use is uh, everyone, I think, well, most people have sympathy for like a Down syndrome. I know that's a little bit different. That's a, um, not a learning disability. It's a global. Yeah. I don't know. Or, or autism. I think most people, you're not expecting uh, someone with autism. You're not holding them to the same standards as, as an average Joe, are you? Mm. So again, it's just more extreme example, but these things like depression, anxiety, ADHD, dyslexia, whole bunch of them are less, somewhat less severe than those. And so, yeah, it falls in like this murky gray area where you expect these people, yeah, to, to be average Joes. Mm, yeah. Like with the league example, they're not obviously, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they're not uh, obviously <laughs> retarded. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, it falls in the in this, yeah, sort of gray area where it can be. And you're not mentally retarded either. No, no, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's got nothing to do Just with intelligence. Yeah. Uh, you can be extremely dumb or you can be extremely intelligent or any around. Yeah, it's, it's a separate thing to it. It's not correlated to intelligence. Yeah. But yeah, think, feel, think feel. of it like that as a, as, as a mental handicap. It might not be as severe as, I say, missing a leg, but yeah. it's a form of that. Yeah. Uh, I was just I asking mean, to get yeah. a gauge. Yeah, to get a gauge. Because the only way to tell is by asking and talking to these people. Like, yeah, and, and, and interacting with them. Like with your de- your dentist example, like it was very it was obvious. If it was obvious to me as an outsider, I can only then still just imagine how much spinning mm. round that must have been doing in your head. Because yeah, what are you gonna say? Now? Well, I was just gonna say, I, I, from from in the past, it's not like I've had a huge amount of encounters. But if you've ever spoken to someone who has Down syndrome, it's almost like there's a a filter that they don't have to worry about, which you could like, I don't know how to articulate it, but take a page from it. it's like all this 
anxiety that I'm going through, if if I were to be, and that, like it probably wouldn't affect me because you just it, like the way the brain's wired yeah, I for them. I think I know it's like yeah, they don't have to worry about that. So mm. it's almost like, um, I don't know what the right word is here. It's almost like uh, a superpower. <laughs> not a superpower, <laughs> yeah. but like we have. Yeah, we now have to experience that where they wouldn't have to. So it's it's a benefit for them in that sense compared to us. Yeah, and I think a good point to add on to that then is, to, is say things like anxiety, depression, whatever it is, you can be almost assured that the person suffering that is their own worst self-critic. I mm. certainly am in my case, and I think that's very common. So you might be thinking, oh, this, this guy's celebrating getting his driver's license. Imagine what their their self talk is like. They would be beating like they'd be. T- I can only imagine my self talk bef- before a license test. I'd be saying like, "Why is such a pussy? Why is such a mm. piece of shit?" Just absolutely yeah. ravaging myself. Should so, have booked this months ago. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, you can be. I would say in ninety nine percent of cases, the person suffering those those uh, whatever you want to call them mental illnesses, learning disabilities, will be. If you're thinking poorly of them they'll be thinking 10 times more poorly about themselves than Mm. you are thinking of them so Mm. i don't know if this is somewhat related but as an example my wife compared to myself um like calling up helplines or strangers or whatever i I find it like difficult Mm -hmm. but not to the point where it's like oh my gosh like i can't do it what am i gonna say like you just i kind of just ring and then go with the flow whereas with my wife whenever she has to call it's like Okay, what what do I say? Like, yeah. and and she'll revert to like an email. So, for example, yeah. if I was like, "Hey, can you call the insurance or something?" She'd be more inclined to want to email, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, but you just call. Like, it's gonna mm. you're gonna find out the answer straight away. They definitely prioritize. Like, they know that emailers are gonna be like would take more. Yeah, like, yeah, shit like delays and yeah, stuff. yeah, just like slow down. Know, it's yeah. like. You, you leave something in the help form or whatever. It's like you wait two or three days where it's like, I just want to know the answer. So yeah. You're showing to them by just sending an email that you're basically a little bit Yeah, of but it's like a huge struggle for her. So yeah. I don't, for me, like it's hard to sympathize in that way. It's like I'm not sure how she's feeling, but if it's that difficult for her that she has to write an email, maybe yeah. I need to just... Yeah, like, and I, I can take completely relate to that because yeah. I'm exactly the same. And... Yeah, and this is what I mean. On my own self, own worst self-critic in those cases, I'm thinking, why do I find this such a struggle? There must be something severely mm-hmm. wrong with me. This is ridiculous. It's such an insignificant thing, but still, it's problematic for my brain. Now, I can bring myself to make phone calls. It's not that's not a, a massive one, but it's still never natural. That that's the description I think I mentioned to you the other day. I, I wish these things would feel natural. I can force myself to do some of these things, but it never feels natural which is incredibly frustrating. It's like I'm always on edge. So it is like a form of anxiety. Like when I go to a supermarket, order a coffee is the one I've given that example for. Yeah. I'm always thinking two steps ahead. Are they going to give me a number? Are they going to write my name on it? Is that? And then I'm like, I'm two steps ahead. It would just be nice if I could just go off the flow. <laughs> Even and, if, leave it for me, it's like the parking aspect. You pull into a yep. like, oh, yep. oh no, no, I've gone too far. I can't go there. Yep. There's someone behind me. I have to yep. like, can't reverse. I'll just find another park. Yeah, and that, <laughs> yeah. that's me <laughs> par- like parking that. as well. Yeah. And I'm thinking like when I went into the city last week, going into a paid car park and I'd never used the machine before. I'm like thinking, oh shit, how do I use the machine? It's going to, people are going to be watching me. 
I'm going to make a fool of myself. And like, it's horrible. I figured it out, but that's what I mean. I'm going through all those thoughts and I wish I wasn't going through those thoughts. So as I said, I can bring myself to overcome it, but I still go through that rigmarole every single time, mm. <laughs> which I yeah. wish I didn't go through. In, in defense and possibly a defense of neurotypicals, just like it's like it's obviously very subjective. And like you said, even people with diagnosed ADHD, com- they can be completely different from yep. one another. Yep. Um, because it's so subjective, there's no, um, there's also no, there's no way for us to truly imagine what it's like for 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 someone who's clinical social anxiety. Everyone's and even people with clinical social anxiety officially are going to vary wildly yep. as well. Yep. Um, so equally, there's no. There's also going to be no way of proving how much uh, our ba- like our behaviours have instilled in us. If if we hadn't lived the life we the environment we had been in, how much of social anxiety would affect us now? Mm-hmm. I, I could probably put that a bit better. Um, so you know, it is entirely possible that, say for example, Nev, you 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 let yourself uh, your anxiety beat you and you didn't go for your driver's license yeah and i i didn't and i went for my driver's license it's entirely possible we felt the exact same level of anxiety and you were more of a bitch than me in that situation yeah, <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i know what you're saying and, but yeah and yeah, yeah so <laughs> <laughs> to put it bluntly like yeah, just, yeah, just I, I i'm struggling to explain it no obviously. no i, I see, but you know totally what I'm see the point that you're making yeah, yeah. And so there's, there's, that, all, there's no way to prove it either. no but and it, even say if that is the case i guess be thankful that you're so much stronger mm. if, if that's what it is they say we wouldn't uh mock to use an extreme example if a if a small female child a 10 year old female child couldn't beat up mike tyson we wouldn't rubbish her for that would we because we acknowledge that she's nowhere near as strong it's not mm. a fair fight so be thankful that you do have some sort of whatever you call it mental resilience be th- be grateful for that mm. that's that's a, a thing that I'd love to have. Yeah, I think that's especially a frustration. I know probably with a lot of a lot of older generation, like the boomers, where they'll feel like the, the pendulum swung way too far on the other way and it's like you can't just tell people to harden up, which to a certain extent, especially boys, has like benefits. Like get over yourself, go, go you know, make that tackle or go sit, do your license. Like I'm yeah. not going to drive around all day. Get over it. And And – People need that to some extent, yes. yeah, and so true. it's all a matter of opinion, really. But I think a lot of older generation, especially, possibly, I think I probably somewhat agree, slightly agree, um, in that it's gone too far one way, and in general, more people need to be told to like get yeah. over it and harden up. Well, Sometimes, I've heard, this it's going like to be a, real circumstantial. It will be circumstantial. There's a, like an example I'd heard for. Um, I think like the Viet- Vietnam War, for example, as someone who hasn't fought in that war, right? If they've gone through such trauma and seen the death of friends and, um, you know, their squadron mates or whatever you want to call it, um, and and they're reliving that, it's like the hardest time of their life. But then for someone, let's say Gen Z, starting their first job as a barista making coffees and the most stress they're experiencing is when it's busy, like I can't keep up with orders. Like you're still experiencing yep. anxiety but it's at the same time it's like it's not a competition like yeah, exactly. yeah. you can't everything is relative it's, it's all relative it's all subjective it's like you're not one up it like it's a natural thing where it's yep. like oh my granddad died it's like oh well i've you know i've gone through that too yeah. you'll get a time will heal all wounds it's like you first of all you wouldn't say that to someone but <laughs> but 
but it's yeah it's yeah. like we all experience things yes. completely differently that's right and to add to that uh everyone has different strengths and weaknesses so you know for example I could handle losing large amounts of money way better than the two of you. Yes. I'm very, yeah. So, yeah, but you can handle ordering a coffee way better than me and whatever, having girlfriends and just a whole host of other things. So mm. chances are these, uh, yeah, if you if you lost 15 grand in one sitting, what would your mental state be like? You, I'd be, It'd be like you with a dentist. It'd be all yeah, I yeah, could so think that's, of. That, that's ages. what I mean. So, yeah. so we yeah. all have strength, strengths yeah. and weaknesses. So chances are these these people who can't, you know, set their license or whatever, they'll have a strength and deal with something that you would really struggle with. So that's, yeah, another way of looking at it. And that's, yeah, yeah. the frustration of it, as I say, it seems very frustrating to me that I struggle with seemingly such insignificant things like ordering a coffee. Uh, but then there's other things that seem extremely hard that I deal well with. So, yeah, everyone has strengths and weaknesses. And that's right. It's not a competition. Everything's relative. Yep. Yeah. I thought we'd end, yeah, but you're basically saying having empathy is a good thing. Yes, yeah, it maybe is. Maybe we should have more, we should always have more, em- yes. as much empathy as we can manage. I always imagined we'd end this podcast on a happy note with empathy and yeah. love and kindness, everyone, um, but it, we do it now. Yeah, we're, we're all, important. and we're all human. I, I can just easily get frustrated with other people who I see struggling with something that I'm good at. Hmm. Uh, it could even be something as simple as you, you know, your parents struggling with something on the computer and, and want help from mm-hmm. you. And I was like, figure it out. So we're all human. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's all, always easy to look at someone who's struggling with something that we don't struggle with yeah. and be frustrated. No, yeah, that's yeah. a good example. It's like I used to get frustrated with my dad coming and asking how to do something. But then like touch wood, I've never had to change a tire on my car. Like mm. when the time comes, if it happens, which it most likely will in the future, like I'll have to go through mm. that experience and get over it and you know if i came to dad and he's like oh you just figure it out i'd probably feel the same way <laughs> yeah, you know yeah yeah so, yeah. so uh, yeah i think it's like uh it brings to mind like helicopter parenting you know a, or you know like a child who's just super helicopter parented and cushioned their whole life they're yeah. gonna be they're, they're gonna be way more sensitive to anxiety yeah that, that's maybe it yeah back to my other point it's like mm. if you just weren't so coddled you could handle anxiety mm. better I'm going to disagree. I know yep. the point that you're making and it mm. may be somewhat true, but it's not a hard and fast rule because I would hardly say that I was coddled and yet I struggle with anxiety. Mm. So, Yeah, I'm talking in general. I think yeah, in general that's in, probably in general, happening a bit yeah, more. You, you might, I wouldn't necessarily say that you're going to be more susceptible to anxiety. You might be less resilient, yeah, which could tie I mean. into anxiety, yeah. I yeah. guess. But I, yeah, I don't think it's a hard and fast rule because there's also probably uh, people who were coddled who grow up to be i don't know very strong people yeah it could it could turn out that way and i think just to go back to the point where you said uh you know maybe people should harden up i don't disagree that yeah you have to try and conquer your fears and it and it gives you strength when you do it uh, i don't know it's just a case of saying harden up but a guiding hand some say rather than enable and say okay just stay at home don't set your license i'll sit in the car with you while you do your test or whatever something to to give that person a guiding hand yeah so and yes to an extent sometimes you do have to jump off the deep end uh but that can also yeah if you do that horrible old school way of just harden up mate we all know how that can end as well because people will 
don't see a way out in extreme cases and just kill themselves. And then I think you regret saying <laughs> yeah. hard enough after that, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That brings to mind, I was going to say, so we used the, ex- the old school example of harden up. And I think in that case, because you think back in the day, obviously way less diagnoses, um, whether whether that is because they genuinely were less or because it's less recognised. Um, I think some people, possibly you might agree, um, possibly to, to myself to some extent, self-medicate and yes. then use, I mean, drugs or any, I'm thinking drugs in my terms, so like TV shows, content you watch, anything that goes into your body um, to to deal with those like anxieties. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, do you think people with, or are more neurodivergent perhaps do that more or self-medicate? Oh, yes. Or, or almost certainly. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I know there's high correlation between any sort of learning disability, mental illness and substance abuse. Mm. So I would say, yes, of course it's not limited to them, limited to them. There'll be neurotypicals, regular people who do that as well, but it's more, yeah, relative to the average population, it's yeah, of a higher percentage. Yeah, yeah, because they all do it. Do, I want to ask you guys: Do you guys think there is such a thing as <coughs> overpathologization? Uh, <laughs> just on on a whole on a large scale, societal scale. Um, and I don't know if you guys think it's helpful that there are that diagnoses are becoming more specific. There's more more names and more diagnoses that can be made. Do you think it'd be a good thing if they get so specific that the majority of people can be diagnosed with something because it's, yeah. Or uh, it's a or hard d- one. Cause mm. I, and maybe a second part from that that might help is I can imagine receiving a diagnosis after feeling slightly different or like an outsider growing up, perhaps being especially like labeled with autism. It has like a oh, hard luck, man, like negative connotation when, like you said, with the down syndromes, mm. they have, pros about it that we struck you know and like adhd you you're like way better at some things than us and and yep. like you're mentioning so yep. do you think diagn like uh, you can get overdiagnosed as a society can be a good or bad thing you probably you probably yeah. can yeah i think so i also think there's a lot of crossover between like symptoms and diagnose so like let's say if you're talking in medical terms you might have the flu, you might have COVID you, if you've got a sore throat or, you know, or there's so many things. So it's like when you seek to find like a diagnosis for something that you're going through, for me, it'd be almost like a questioning it. Like, is this actually true? Like, yeah. or then I'd probably, like you say, then you start over pathologizing. You'd be like, oh mm-hmm. no, maybe there's actually another answer. So then I'd look for like a, I don't know, cancer's not the best example, but if you're going through chemo, there might be like, oh, no, surely there's another thing. Like, is this actually what I have? Kind mm. of like a... I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. You, you, like the willingness to accept a diagnosis for me would be quite difficult. Yeah. I don't know what, if do that, you, what do you reckon? Yeah. I think I know what you mean. That's an interesting yeah. point. I guess it's a little bit different in my case, given that I sought a diagnosis that wasn't given to me as a kid as some unknowing child or even if that would happen in some cases with adults so a little bit different for me uh but i, I can see that okay so i think especially males maybe have a tendency to be in denial they might be ashamed if they were diagnosed with something dyslexia mm. adhd yeah anxiety whatever the no I'm, I'm i'm a man you know i don't have this yeah so yeah i could see that some people could take it the wrong way and be sort of in denial about it i think yeah like you always read stories about 
people that you'd never suspect diagnosed with like athletes diagnosed with bipolar you know movie stars and it's like wow Hmm. Um, and that that doesn't necessarily mean that they're in denial about it but yeah i i think some people would be uh in denial about something because it does come with somewhat especially things like bipolar comes with a bit of a stigma Hmm. where it's like oh i'm weak or there's something wrong with me there is stigmas with with it i feel like there's stigmas positive or negative there's always a stigma that comes with a diagnosis because everyone mm-hmm. has an experience like if you say adhd to someone they have like a, a image in their head like one thing they don't not thinking of oh adhd can look like lots of people they have like one like yeah you know like a little snotty nose like hyper like kid mm-hmm. at school yeah. maybe um i want to read read you guys some some symptomologies just to i was listening to a, a podcast and they talked about this and it, it was the best it made me reflect in a real holes right. way so go for just it just imagine this is <clears throat> it's a bit it's satire if, it, if i don't make if it doesn't come okay. across super obvious but it's, they call it being diagnosed with neurotypical syndrome disorder so making out as if being neurotypical is a disorder so neurotypical syndrome disorder describes a pattern of thoughts and behaviors this does not apply to all neurotypicals just because someone displays one or more of these behaviors does not make them neurotypical Neurotypical disorder, NTD, appears to have genetic causes and can remain undiagnosed until school age or into adulthood. People with NSD, what is this? Neurotypical syndrome disorder, yeah, NSD. People with NSD typically live a normal lifespan. Many have satisfying relationships. They may have children, despite the risk of passing on the disorder. Socially, NSDs prefer to congregate in close-knit groups. NSDs prefer to discuss the weather, sports, and other people's problems rather than having deep conversations. They engage in small talk regularly as a means of handling their feelings of inadequacy in conversations. They have their own language quirks and that help them express their thoughts, e.g. the ball is in your court, straight from the horse's mouth. Recent studies show that NSDs find it difficult to stay focused. They are steadfast in their loyalty to a political party or politician, sometimes in the face of evidence that suggests their beliefs are faulty. NSDs are ruled by the crowd. Being admired by others is critical for an NSD. To maintain a feeling of normalcy, they will often exaggerate their purchases, accomplishments, or travel in order to be accepted by the group. They require continuous validation from partners and people around them. This results in them being unable to work, live, and be alone in general. You get the point, right? It's like a satire, but you 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 could pathologize... Yeah. Lots of things. And that relates to my other question. Categorically. Like over pathologization. Yeah. So I think it's important hmm. to take the good with the bad. Hmm. So yeah, it's not hard and fast that ADHD autism is negative. Uh it's just yeah, a different set of strengths and weaknesses. Hmm. And so yeah, it's important to to also incorporate uh the positives. I like to think of it as as risk management. Uh you lower the downside and try and maximize the upside so that's what i'm trying to do with my life how can i minimize the negatives the anxiety the rumination stuff and maximize whatever my creativity Mm. um thinking outside the box whatever uh ability to sit and do something frowns on end if i enjoy it whatever's yeah how can i maximize those while you minimize the the downsides so so like you said neurotypicality uh comes with uh yeah, some some, some traits. Yeah, that that yeah, I wouldn't want. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Ob- obvious. Yeah. Not even that. 
No, no, keep continue. Obviously, I was going to say that that is obviously satire, but and and a neurotypicality will obviously never be a diagnosis because it is simply the majority. Yep. They're not going to come up with the, right. well. There is a name for it, but it doesn't. It's not pathologized. Yep. Like sim- the symptomology yep. isn't as specific. Do you guys? What do you guys think about whether society in general either ever be fully inclusive for neurodivergent people? Um, I was just as an, an analogy. Like in the same way, this culture was oh sorry, this culture was built on neurotypicality in the same way that this society was built on like majority Christians mm. and majority capitalists. Like it's just that's where we got to today because yep. of neurotypicality. So being neurodivergent to an extent, perhaps, might be equivalent to being like a communist and expecting society to mold mold around you. And I think it might just be a harsh reality that as long as like if you're in the minority, you're just going to, in anything, whether yeah, it's yeah. political minority, and religious minority, you're just going to have a rougher time than yeah. the majority who don't have to think about it. And that's the way I try and take it on the chin and sort of be as proud about it as mm. I can in, in my own way. Um, oh, where was I going to go with that? Will it ever be inclusive? Fully yeah. Because in- I think a lot of people imagine this future where everyone's yeah. like super included, but... I think, I think it's always just going to be tough, like tough. I, I think it can. Well, if we maybe it might not be a perfect example, but if we consider a real obvious example when black people weren't really accepted in America, hmm. they pretty much are accepted today, except for a tiny majority, a minority <laughs> who are who are who are genuinely racist. So if we can think of that, they were a minority. It was, America was, uh, well, I suppose technically it was originally Native American, but white people took over and became the, the, the dominant um, race, ethnicity. Yeah. And then they oppressed black people. Anyone listening, take David's words as he means them about white people becoming dominant. <laughs> <laughs> take it, uh, don't misconstrue his yeah. words. Take it how he obviously is intending it. Yeah. In the, in the, yeah. In the context yeah. of... Cut that out and make me... No, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the context of, yeah, yeah. generational upbringing. Uh, and so, yeah, black people are still a minority in America, but they're accepted for the most part. From, mm. So... I guess that could be an example to look. And there's probably other examples of minorities throughout history who were the one that never seems to get acceptance of the Jews. <laughs> wherever <laughs> they go, wherever they go, they, they still, yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't. it might never be perfect, but I think if we can have pathways, especially pathways for young people, uh, so that we can try and give them the right uh, guidance pathway to utilize their abilities and hopefully yeah, minimize those downsides or learn to deal with the downsides. I think we can optimize. It might never be perfect, probably, yeah, but it can be good. And I think it is getting better because this, there, there is so much awareness about this stuff. Um, yeah, of course, it's important not to then use that as an excuse for kids or adults to uh, then do nothing with their lives. But yeah, if you can get them in pathways, say, especially at a young age, to capitalize on yeah, their strengths, whatever they be then, yeah, I think it can be optimized. And mm. I think you're going going back, you sort of touched on it, like, in, in all likelihood, these sort of conditions were always around in the same numbers that they are today. It's just they weren't diagnosed because everyone was so ignorant. And I think in a lot of those cases, yeah, these people would have hardened up and you touched on it, they would have had just had unhealthy coping mechanisms, probably historically alcohol. Uh, you know the rates of uh alcohol consumption continue going down if mm. you go back to uh you know a couple hundred years ago victorian britain era 
Ibrahim was getting smashed all the time. Debauch- so there would have been yeah, it's pure debauchery. Yeah, so there would have been a lot of lot of people there with learning disabilities, mental mm. illness, who were just getting drunk all day every day. So I think it would have just been unhealthy coping mechanisms. There would have been all sorts of other unhealthy, you know, sex addic- addiction, whatever. Lots of unhealthy, mm. yeah, yeah. So I think I- it's it is good. Hopefully, we can get pathways to yeah decrease people ending up yeah unhealthy coping mechanisms and getting them just on a on a good track that's their their own trajectory. Well spoken. Yeah. I, I sorry, I was just it's making me think of like um the how we all go through different like upbringings we talked about with Kieran weeks ago and how that affects like your Loving these callbacks. Sorry. Well, no, no, that's fine. Um like how yeah, it affects your ability to like deal with stuff in the past. So I don't know if this is related or not, but um, and then kind of what David was saying in terms of like um, let's use the black black people in America for example whilst then what would widely accept them they now also would say have a majority in like the NBA for example or like NFL so how the pendulum can swing mm. like so quickly in society when you start trying to like cater to I don't know every race religion if it, if it was if it was to be completely equal, like I just don't think you could ever get to that point. And like what you said before, it's some in some things you're just gonna have to like accept it and, and get over it. And it's like, well, mm. what can you do? Like, uh, maybe not the best example, but like here, for example, we have students um, going for scholarships. Like there'll be scholarships available to certain ethnic groups that aren't available to other ethnic groups yep. is that fair well you could say no but then in some ways you yeah like you say you've got to have pathways to help i guess the collective of society go up and some will some will exponentially receive more benefit and, and others might be like more stagnant and take some time but i think over time as we society like we're enabling the whole of society upwards mm. It's better than up and down. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. Makes yeah. sense, yeah. yeah. Some of them, are, yeah, some of them, are, the minorities are going to be literally, literally impossible to, to, like a hardcore Muslim thinking all women should be in burqas. You can't, yeah. like, you can't. Yeah, it doesn't, like, can't it's literally impossible. It's yeah. A, yeah, especially if, yeah. Yeah, or someone who is, like, severe autism, they're probably never going to be a like yeah yeah like no noise in the city for like yeah so they're just going to have to have extra support for their yep. life whether that's family or government assistance mm. so yeah 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 I, I forgot where I was going for it with this point but hopefully it comes back to me I always half jokingly say that autism is the future like I feel like autism makes for good workers and mm-hmm. and some as long as it's not f- like non-verbal like full-blown yeah. but like yeah. a little bit like a moderate amount of autism i think is is a superpower they cle- very clearly have some very some advantages yeah. over neurotypicals with their hyper focus on certain things and with the way the world's going you need to be an ex like a real expert in one thing i think it's a lot of it's too easy to be like a super generalist um so that leads me to my other question do you think you mentioned it before that it's just it's just purely recognition that's increasing the numbers. Do you guys, how much do you guys think uh, environment or perhaps you know pollution or something is is causing these 
abnormalities uh, to increase in number over the years. Yeah. Some people say vaccines cause, you know, the vaccines mm, cause yeah. autism is, is the classic meme. It's pretty meme, heavily meme. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you guys think it's just, it's hundred percent just recognition? No, not a hundred percent, especially if we take sort of uh, more generalized like anxiety, depression, which any, yeah, anyone can suffer those to like people go through phases in their life where they're, you know, never been depressed and then something horrible happens and they have severe depression. Hmm. So that can happen to anyone regardless of the way your brain is wired. I think those might be increasing not just due to recognition, but yeah, the way society is uh, constructed now, less social interaction, the online social media, stuff like that. That that probably is uh, increasing those, not just purely recognition. Yep. Yeah, I think I'd agree, agree yeah, with that. Yeah, like um, adolescence, for example, I think we talked about this in a real early podcast and how social media, although we're in a, what you would class as time where everything is so readily available, relationships be able to communicate in that sense, but we're still more lonely than ever because it's almost like, yeah... You, we're kind of it's kind of selfish like we're all selfish to some extent and it becomes about yourself so when you like social media for example we could all participate in this big game and post what's going on in our lives and some people will generate bigger followings than others and that's just the way it is like there'll be people who really really want to become youtube famous or whatever try their best and they just never achieve that so i think well, I don't know where I was going with this more, but like, um, you, it's just, it's, we're, we're all going to have like trials and tribulations. Does It doesn't matter, but then it's so hard to say that. Mm. I don't know if that makes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I'm just going on wild tangents and, and not. Yeah, you might be more clear. I'm, I'm not fully, yeah. can you explain yeah. it any other way? What your point? Or maybe we'll go to David. Yeah, go to David first. It. Yeah. Okay. Um. I just it's a little slight tangent, but I remember like having this discussion with my doctor about depression, and I I said something to him to the effect of like, I I feel like there must be a natural way to remedy this because a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, I wouldn't have access to antidepressants, and I think he may have misinterpreted where I was going with that, but he sort of said to me, and I yeah can't remember exactly how it was, but he said something about, yeah, depression diagnoses are going up because of awareness. But he said, if you look at uh, manic depression, which is like where you Hill Morton hospital sort of thing, mm. that's going way down. Uh, maybe not in the diagnoses, mm. but um, the treatment of it, because he had the medication. So it's real clear that you give them, uh, you know, whatever antipsychotic medication and it works. It stops them from, you know, going nuts, if you will. So, yeah, uh, this, again, not the clearest of points, but I guess it just, yeah, that's an, maybe a concrete example of how something that is obviously very real, uh, manic depression, can be effectively treated. Yeah, in the 100, 200 years ago, I think those people would have been there, but they just would have been. And they're still there in society today. Like a lot of the people probably living on the street in town that we see are probably severely mentally ill. Mm. And if they got the right treatment, it might get their life back on track. 
Yeah. Depressions, the, 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 I think they're almost worthy of splitting into two different categories. Eh? Like the depression anxieties, because, I mean, autism is like a, you can see yeah. like the structure of the brain is, yeah. is like not, de- it's not developed the same way. It's not, I'm not saying as much. Different. Uh, uh, I know it, it's like a, um, like when, because my mum's a teacher aide, so she's very familiar with this stuff. She says it's like the normal brain like branches out and then comes together and met, and comes together nice and symmetrically, but an autistic brain just kind of branches out and doesn't quite, uh, it like freezes before it's fully fully melded together, so that that does and there's no they don't have no there's no gene that they can find for autism so I don't know it just kind of maybe I'm being paranoid but I think it's it's something I mean I think it's more likely than not that out of the ten thousand poisons we're exposed to in in utero and during our formative years is is having at least something to do with the increasing uh, aut- autism rates and a lot of yeah. it most of it will be under the radar like you know y- again you're never gonna well you, c- you could prove it with enough science but i might be slightly more autistic than i would have been had my mum not been exposed to phthalates when she was pregnant with me you know yeah and, uh, right yeah. and so it, like, in general it's like at the bell curve yeah. it might just be slowly sifting to the right yeah I, um there's no yeah. real way of, of proving it but no. um i think it's i think it's i think more people should assume that I feel like rather than just, oh, it's just increased recognition because I don't know. I think we're going to, it's yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's yeah, just more, more likely than not that there's some kind of, some kind of chemicals that are doing that to us and just Could pushing be. the population. Yeah. More. I don't know. Yeah. I just wish people would maybe think about it more often because I feel like I'm going crazy sometimes. Right. I think what I misinterpreted before when you're talking about like environment, like, like gro- like yeah like childhood your, your childhood environment yeah I mean like environmental yeah, yeah. toxins and stuff yes yeah. I, I I misinterpreted that as more like as a your yeah, social like environment that you grow up in yeah I wasn't clear enough yeah no that's fine but yeah because like it, and it makes sense for depression anxiety that the social environment you grow up in could make you more sensitive yeah. to yeah. situations that trigger that stuff like you said trigger yeah but yeah like autism you don't have a choice because really. I think and it often comes in like at two to three four years old yeah like it's not yeah. straight away. So, well, yeah. it probably is true. It's just that it's not recognizable because it's not recognizable. All, all babies true, are, are true. pretty dumb but to that, put it. To put it. That's around the time <laughs> they get vaccines, man. Yeah, formative it's just years. That it's, yeah, it's not until kids start learning to read and write, socialize, that it's like, oh, geez, he's off. You know, when you're just breastfeeding all day and playing around in a cot, like it's probably pretty hard mm. to recognize. It's like, yeah, because like the non-verbal, yeah. like there's one it's way to tell. It's not really a thing. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. So it's, it's, so I when, shouldn't say the vaccines, yeah. guys, in that tone because I genuinely th- like think there's something to it. Well, I, I would assume, I stop uh, naming not a parent, but I would assume that when you start getting to that age of like reading and comprehension and you start, you know, you'd probably start to notice that in your child if they were struggling more with yep. their ABCs than mm. a standard child would yep. or not being able to uh focus well yeah mm-hmm. i think like the, when you you're talking about recognition and, and environment this is slightly different but mm-hmm. with um like society now we're more accepting of mental health issues so it's more common now if someone was to say like i'm taking the day off work for, like, as a mental health day mm-hmm. we accept that yeah. whereas i don't know decades ago a couple decades be like no you can't like you're not physically sick get back yeah. to work like mm-hmm. move on with it mm-hmm. and so i think as over time we recognize different 
I guess social is it social norms yeah would you say it's neurotypical now or is it you know neurodivergent over time it was like iron out and you start we'll start to understand more as humans is how we all operate i get what you mean yeah and it comes back to the empathy thing. yeah it's, it's like it's understanding that thing. realities can be yeah vastly different. vastly different yes like crazy different yeah. we have no real i think i mean i don't think i'm so fascinated and gripped by by different drugs for like self-medicating purposes but because undoubtedly they open your eyes you can't help but because it literally changes your perspective so i think it's like a good testing ground i also wonder whether sometimes when i when i have a psychedelic or something i wonder if that's kind of what a schizophrenic person just normally operates like i know in the early days they thought it was a it was a uh, like a psychomimetic or something, so it was like it would mimic psychopathy and and schizophrenia, and they would use it to try and to get an understanding of schizophrenia. I don't think it's it kind of patterned out that way, but you know, can't help but think that sometimes, you know, yeah, like some people might just be if you take speed as a neurotypical cocaine, yeah, it's possible that someone's some a, some type of ADHD brain just like kind of runs yeah. like that always. Yes. Well, well, I so I think in, in those ways, they're good tools for to yeah to well, make you aware. It'd be the same with like if you're smoking weed. For some people, it just would make them completely lazy and have no desire to do anything. And for others, it might make them more creative and mm. yeah. want to achieve. And like you said, if if you were to partake in that, mm. you'd start writing a to do list and you just take it all off in one go because your mm. brain's just. Yeah, and there'll, go, be, go, go. there'll be people who live their lives on both ends of that spectrum. Yeah. So when you're messing with your own consciousness that way, I think it may, helps you ap- to be able to appreciate other people's brains. Yes. You go, cause, and again, like we said with the love thing, you, you don't know love until you feel it, and you can't imagine being more in love until you feel that. And it's the same with, with these drugs that or anything that alters your state of mind. You, can, like, you can't imagine what it's like to be on mushrooms if you've never done mushrooms. Like mm. you have to, you know. Yeah. What do you think, Dad? I, I agree, and I think that's an example. It sort of demonstrates how there's. It's not just a, a thought process thing, isn't it? It shows that there's a li- literal different wiring in, mm. in your brain when you can, because that's what substances do. They play off the wiring, and yeah, when you take a drug and it plays off the wiring and it completely changes who you are. That's sort of an example that yeah, you you're un medicated and yeah drugged brain is wired differently mm. so for example for me yeah like when i drink alcohol well all anxiety in the world is gone yeah so that changes something in my brain that shuts down that part of my brain that's obviously far more activated than i think a regular person and alcohol slows that process down and it's like oh geez mm. now i can be in a room of hundreds of people and i can talk to everyone mm. and i can do things that i could bring myself to do when i'm sober but would not it'd feel very uncomfortable takes a little layer off yeah yeah it's like the self-medicating thing do you i wonder i'm curious for you david if you find on any any drugs whether that be alcohol cannabis whatever are there parts of that where you think this is what it must be like for daniel nev all the time yeah Uh, in this in terms of the i think the lower anxiety i think mdma would be the closest to that yeah oh you think we're just like equivalent (laughs) of you and mda all the time yeah Yeah. not not like off your face um feeling amazing but when when yeah mdma makes me feel i don't know very connected to people makes Mm. me feel i guess love i love that i don't feel when i'm sober 
it's like oh wow i could have envisioned myself like having a a romantic long-term romantic relationship when i'm in that frame of mind there's something Mm. that switched on in my brain that it's like geez yeah this must i could see how you could have a a long-term relationship if you felt like this Mm. um so that would probably be the closest yeah i feel yeah reconnected and loving which Mm. everyone does yes but i know what you mean i know what you mean (laughs) That's cool. Could it be like um, just a not say it is because it, yeah, it's chemi- chemically changes your wiring. Yes. But but if you would like to have a placebo lolly, for example, and you just train your brain to think like, yeah, I'm having like an yeah. MDMA high on having a barley sugar or something. <laughs> yeah. Could could you manually like change change like the Pavlovian wiring? Pavlovian dog yeah. thing. Yeah, like exactly. Possibly. Yeah, Possibly. it's like because I'm just gonna. It's like. Sorry, just to quickly end no. here, but like people who um, self-affirmation, like yes. for some, I think it might just be stupid. Like you're just talking yeah. yourself. Uh, anyway, point being that that wires you to like, yep, yeah, yeah, I can go and do what I want today. I'm going to go out and change the world. Yeah. Whereas it's like, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could work, could but I think like it that? goes deeper because first of all, you have to n- not know that it's a placebo because that's how placebo works. Yeah, There's a chance true, that it's the true. real thing. And so I think that shows just how amazing your brain is. Yes, it can be tricked. I don't know if you can trick yourself consciously, though. Mm. So if I know it's not actually DMA, right. I don't think it's going to work. But like, because it really is, your brain is magic. If it thinks that there's a possibility that it is even yeah. then that could work because it is changing the mm. wiring but i don't think that can work it's like that mirror thing where it's like you put both a mirror between both your hands and or uh, if, like you, someone punches your left hand or whatever you feel yeah, it you got a fake arm there yeah, 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 yeah 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 i can't really yeah. explain it very well but um, like you mentally you like you feel the pain but yeah 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 someone just whacked a prosthetic arm exactly and, and where your right arm yeah. should be yeah, yeah and you feel it I think I just had a thought. We we're talking about obviously we just mentioned drugs. Everyone automatically assumes illicit drugs, but essentially, like ADHD medication is like a methamphetamine derivative, isn't it? Is it not? Or meth? Not quite. Not quite. Okay. It's... That's a bit derivative of me to say, but you know what I mean. Like that <laughs> yeah. that brings them to to normalcy. It makes them yeah. It... it makes them appear normal from an outside perspective. Anyway, I'm sure they're not feeling what we've like. I'm sure it's more sedative and like kind of bl- like darker than regular neurotypicals do normally but at least it makes them talk and energetically the same yeah well for some people it don't well for some people yeah yeah. i tried ritalin i haven't tried the other amphetamines um or stimulants available yeah but it didn't work for me but yeah for some people it works amazingly i I read all the time and i'm very envious on reddit when people say oh i just started ritalin and I'm I'm crying this is what it feels like to be a normal person i'm like oh fuck i wish i could feel that (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, that yeah, that can work, but never, yeah, again, even within ADHD, everyone's brain is wired differently. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I also am just remembering now the there's an argument that boys in general, I mean, a lot of these diagnoses show up differently in the two genders, but boys in general, in terms, I'm thinking about schooling, they can be sometimes misdiagnosed with ADHD just just being a well they say it's just being a boy like school isn't designed for sitting down for long periods of time for boys boys are generally have more ADHD kind of brains yes. naturally so if you're using yeah. if you're including all the girls in there and then you go arguably it'd be right down the middle right if, if it's on the spectrum of boy to uh, girl to the guy but this, if you think it's a spectrum <laughs> for this example it's a spectrum right even though it's probably binary you um 
yeah, it's going to be right in the middle and all the boys then will be more ADHD. That's not going to line up perfectly, but most girls are going to be less ADHD. Well, yeah, they're harder to diagnose because they typically you know I mean? don't show, yeah, the, the, that that's the problem with ADHD is it's quite hard to diagnose unless you have the hyperactive case of it where you are, you're that kid who's just mm. like bouncing off walls in class, yelling out constantly, yeah, like interrupting. If you're more like inattentive, which is what I have, it you can just it is very easy to go on. And I mean, I was still somewhat disrupted. I certainly was a, a, a less than average behavioral student. And I often look back, I'm like, geez, how did no one like sort of see this pattern here? But I guess it just wasn't extreme enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could have possibly been just lumped in with like other people. For example, we there's that guy from our class who who was intelligent as heck but could not apply himself and still get excellences. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you just get grouped in the boys that play up and yeah. misbehave, well, it's like, oh, well, you might just be that guy. Yes, I think yeah. that that's what it was a case of. Oh, he's it's, just hanging out with those boys. Stupid. Yeah. He's just stupid, which is somewhat ironic. It could, I don't think I'm very stupid. <laughs> um, You're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still remember it was, it was hilarious. Uh, I'd been withdrawn, uh, which is like getting kicked out of the class. And I was in the withdrawal room in the office and a, and a teacher came in and it was me and another guy. And he said, oh, what are you two in here for? And we said, oh, we were, um, Mr. Pithy thought we were hacking. It's <laughs> you two hacking. Like, it's like, is it really so stupid? Yeah. It's like, well, actually, yeah, I'm not a hacker, but I was pretty good with computers, probably yeah. better than average with computers. So it's, but uh, yeah. Even I then, there's misconception. That's pretty, that's pretty concerning that the teachers at the time, it's like 2000s. They should probably be more aware of the... Yeah, well, it's late, early yeah, 2010s. Yeah, that would have been like, yeah, 2012. Might have been, yeah. I think it was year 13, I think. Yeah, yeah. to just assume... That, well, no, I mean, yeah. That, that's not necessarily just from a, an ignorance about ADHD. You could just, just like, not have much to do with you and assume that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I heard think, about you. Yeah, I think that... Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that, that was the case of it, and it's more that, no, it just wasn't in the right environment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, had I been... Yeah, a pathway, something that I was interested in or whatever I was good at, something at that point in time probably doing something to do with computers, uh, then, you know, I would have looked like one of the brightest um, kids in the class. You know, like I was able to build computers. Not many kids at that age could build computers. I would have been in the, you know, probably being liberal, like 10% of kids mm. could build a computer. So, like, if there was, like, a computer building class, I would have been the best student. Yeah. But there wasn't. It was stuff like Excel and... Microsoft Word and Boring. writing essays and yeah. maths, which I'm not good at. Which is yeah. kind of why there's a that distinguishable difference between people who like might go to university as opposed to polytech. Like, just it's not going to suit yeah. everyone. Um, you can't like you got to make that decision. Like, yeah, we we talk about if if you're going to study and take on like student loans, for example, you better make sure you know what you want to yeah. do. There's no point going into it with um, not realizing and there's no harm not going to university right. if you want to study be a plummet like it's just it's the way things are I think and that's why you probably see I'd have to find statistics but like women as a proportion there's more women in university than men I think I, th I think that's because probably true I don't yeah, know the way, at the very least they're more successful yeah because like their ability to study and sit still is probably a lot higher than like males yeah. and, and traditionally like 
it you is. know, we take on would historically take on roles like um lumberjack and you know yeah. things like outside yeah. and outdoorsy yeah. and farming and that sort of stuff whereas a woman whether you would call it <laughs> like a housewife for yeah, example yeah. No, back no. in time yeah. it's just more like sewing yeah, yeah. just knitting yeah I, and yeah so i guess that's where it gets messy and i guess that's where hopefully it's, again it's better the recognition is content continually getting better and some of the more subtle signs of it might be picked up that weren't picked up when i was at school uh still might be hard but yeah i guess that's where it gets messy where yeah perhaps a naughty boy can look like he has adhd and but he might not and as he grows up i guess that's where i think it becomes glaringly obvious and it's be this is certainly becoming like a big thing is adults like myself getting diagnosed that they weren't diagnosed as a child and I think that's sort of the litmus test for it is that if you're an adult and you're finding life is just getting harder and harder, which is like the opposite of what people think of ADHD. It's like, oh, it's a child thing. You grow out of it. It's mm. like if you're finding it getting harder and harder as an adult because it's more responsibilities, it's harder to mask. It's very easy to hide at school. And, you know, there's a, there's a large support network and your parents do everything. It, it becomes, yeah, for me, harder and harder as I get older. Uh, so I guess that's kind of, I don't know, like the only, and, that, and that's where... It's an interesting point, yeah. I, I would have assumed, like, I just, by default... Yeah, I think it's that. the complete opposite, because, yeah. um, like I say, as a child, it's very easy to mask, because, he's, you know, you don't have to earn money, your parents mm. do everything, uh, school, it's not really that important. And as I think the big one in my case, yeah. like, that is your social life. School is the glue, it's the bubble uh, so for me, socializing, making friendships, maintaining relationships is a great weakness of mine. But when school puts you in, in a, with 800 other boys, social life flows. You don't have to put any effort in. But then as soon as that goes away, once you leave school, it's like, bang, social life gone. Uh, so I think that's where it can become glaringly obvious is yeah, when you're an adult and you're like, because you've had all these masking abilities that worked while you're at school and they no longer work. You can't have a social life uh, if you don't have a if you don't um, like work in an office, self-employed, without you know school, without going out and actually having to put yeah. an effort. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Like I don't think about it in that sense, but my like main job, first job coming out of uh, high school, and also when I was at high school, like I was fortunate the fact that I had friends in the workplace because it's like. It kind kick, of kickstart, yeah. Yep. It kind of like overflowed in a way. It's like I, I did notice the first time going to university because going to an all boys school, like pretty difficult to talk to like yeah. females yeah. in that environment. And then if you got put in like a group project or something, it's like general awkwardness. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like fortunate that my workplace and where I met your your partner, mm-hmm. um you know, it was like pretty tight, tight yeah. net and we'd yeah. hang out and go for coffees and stuff like that. But if you, you're in an environment like starting a new job, you don't know anybody like can take time and sometimes might not even yeah like happen. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, of course I'm coming from, yeah. For others with ADHD, the big thing is the executive dysfunction side of it. So that would be people struggling to hold down a job because they can't, they you know whatever board they can't do the work they're constantly late or whatever that's not an issue for me because i've been fortunate to be self-employed and figure out ways to make money on the internet doing things i generally like mm. so i've been fortunate my issue is the emotional dysregulation uh creating 
friendships, relationships, maintaining them. Uh, like obviously, yeah, the big obvious one in my life is I've never had a long term girlfriend. I've had one official girlfriend for yet. one week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yet. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's um, not saying. But so yeah. no, yeah. yeah. So I know what you mean. For others with ADHD, it'll be yeah other different things. And and I I think yeah it becomes more obvious as an as an adult, and I think that's increasingly becoming a thing. It's the adult diagnosis of it's probably hasn't changed a hell of a lot in kids might have changed a little bit gone up a bit but it's the adults where it's because that never used to happen it was mm. considered a child thing but now all these sort of obvious symptoms uh chances are if someone's got undiagnosed adhd they'll have a severe weakness deficiency in their life let's say for me relationships mm. social things others it'll be holding down a job it'll be something that will stand out like a sore thumb i, I just want to say as well for the complete opposite to the things that you're conscious of being good and bad at are the same things that I'm like kind of almost envious of you. Like, yeah, yeah, damn, yeah. you can actually do, you actually do <laughs> your own thing and yeah, yeah, actually yeah, make yeah, money yeah, and not yeah. just like do it for a month yeah. and then be like, oh, so, but, and then yeah. I'm grateful that I'm quite like, I think even possibly by neurotypical standards, certainly by neurodivergent standards, like relating to people. I'd say like I find it quite easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're like, the best out of us three here. You're... Oh, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like when we were out recording the weekend but, interview and like, yeah, yeah. I was no way I could do what you were doing. No. Thanks. And even yeah. I remember when we went to that protest last year, we bumped into that guy, the mechanic. Do you remember that? The, he was the mechanic and he came up to me and yarned. The COVID protest? Brent, Brent, yeah, Brent. Oh, yeah? Oh, you, no, you can't even remember. See, that's no, actually how it was <laughs> insignificant the social interact. But you just yeah. like, you had no idea who he was and you just like flowed. And I think even like offered, like, I think you said, oh, do you have a ride? Like you were going to offer to give him a ride. Mm. I was like, fuck, man. Like, this was <laughs> yeah. so uncomfortable to me. And to you, it was just nothing. Like, well, was, yeah, like example with, with you, like doing your own job and selling stuff yeah, but sorry, I, i've but... thought about something like that and then i just talk myself as like, oh well, then i'd have to apply for like tax and you know those yeah. sort of things and it's just like nah it's not it's too it's not worth yeah. it whereas yeah. realistically i could just be like hey i want to do this or try this can you help me or show me what to do maybe that's the approach we need to take like yeah. we talked about if there's a dream job that you want to achieve well maybe you best find someone in that position yeah. or near that position mm -hmm. and yeah. ask for a coffee and like pick their brain or something. Mm -hmm. It's just too hard. Like, it can I'll be hard to do that. Just yeah. say like, yeah. I'm super glad that I do have the abilities. Admittedly, a lot of it was just luck, but I tried things and the more you try things mm -hmm. to, it's like so buying lottery sure. tickets, it, it, it opens the door to you getting lucky the right time, mm -hmm. right place sort of thing to capitalize, like selling fidget spinners. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm stoked that I've had like that ability, but I was I I've come to the realization probably recently like the reason that I do what I do is a massive overcompensation for my weaknesses because I couldn't go out like the the idea of a job interview and working with other people was such a an enormous fear to me that it was easier mm. to go and figure <laughs> out how can I make money online which might seem impossible to you. It was like a last resort. Yeah, and it was like <laughs> but, this is my only option. So yeah. because my fear of going out and working a regular job was so right was yeah, stronger intense. than your so desire to. Yeah, it was yeah. a massive overcompensation. But as I say, don't get me wrong, I'm super glad that I figured it out. But that could. So yeah. easily go wrong if I don't figure it out and it's, then I'm on a benefit. And yeah. It's all part of the, yeah. the empathy thing. It's like you, you took it for, take it for granted, but like to, to neurotypicals that, that kind of solo, solo job is like, just can't seem to yeah. seem to do it. You, you know, your logical brain can go like, yeah, I could, I could do this. I'm smart enough. And then your emotional brain's like, 
oh, I'm too tired today, man. Like talking yeah, to yeah. yourself, too tired. Like who cares? Yeah. Oh, like you haven't made any money in like a month. Just quit it. Or yeah. like, um, oh, it's okay if you have a rest day. Or like, yeah. there's there's merit to both. Like, yeah. In terms of exercising, some people say no exercise, just do it every day. And then for other, like you do probably need to let your body rest and recover. But in terms of just like everyday life and wanting to achieve goals and whatnot, if it really is a priority to you, you kind of just have to do it. Like you can't. And and I'm I'm not saying I I get it right all the time because I will make excuses for myself not to do something, but then it's like yeah I I know like I can logically say yeah I know I need to do this, mm-hmm. but then yeah my emotions like nah like it's okay if you have a like day off, you know you worked hard this week. it's okay. like you've got to just <laughs> and I, I would be, just bite the bullet. Yeah. I would have been the same, but as I say, it was my only option Yeah, because it's easy if you're working a, a nine to five or even just part-time at a high school, yeah. you've got that income. Lit the fire under your ass. Yeah, yeah, I had nothing. I was on a benefit briefly for about a year. Mm. And and then I, the reason I didn't stay on a benefit is because I had to go on for an interview. And I was like, I'm not going, I can't deal with that. I'm not going yeah. in for an interview. So I was like, I better figure out how the hell I can make money. Yeah. So for me, it was, it was the case of like burning the boats. I had no other option. I, I can't remember where I heard it, but it's, like a, there was a test done on a rat where they like dangled cheese in front of it and they had them on a wheel like seeing what speed they were running at towards the cheese even though they couldn't get it. And then behind them they open up a door which like lets in the scent of a cat mm-hmm. and they started running faster yeah, yeah, because yeah. of the fear yeah. of the cat yeah. behind them yeah. made them, yeah, like yeah. R- even though they were chasing, so it's not the fact they were chasing yeah. it, it's the fear of... Mm-hmm. of the cat that the, was making them run fast the burning the boat yeah. when your life was on the line yeah, obviously you, it wasn't literally you have to do yeah, it wasn't literally on the line but to me yeah. I was thinking like yeah I've it's this or homelessness yeah pretty pretty much I mean yeah, <laughs> yeah my parents yeah, would yeah, bail, yeah. bail me out but I yeah. didn't want you know that hmm. I, and I wanted to have a proper life so yeah and so I and, and also the fact that yeah I didn't really have a social life so I just spend all day working on stuff and I still don't have a hell of much of a social life so I've got all the time in the world to focus on this stuff because I don't have a wife at home and and you know 10 friends mm. to have coffee with and manage you know I'm not one of those people who's always like oh, sorry I can't I'm busy this week you know I've always got time so yeah swings and roundabouts isn't it yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's probably final thoughts times yeah, sure I'll, I'll start off by saying, um, key. I think the the coolest, some of the coolest part of being alive and uh, and people in general is that that we are so different. And a bit of empathy. It's been said before a million times. Empathy is real valuable on a societal level. But and so maybe we could all we could all try and be more empathetic. Yes, more empathy, the 100%. better. But um, I, I, that, that's going to be good for society. Yeah. Like learning how different people's realities are because their brains yeah. are so different. But it doesn't stop you from having regressive and offensive opinions like i do that people should harden the fuck up yeah okay. <laughs> it's so easy i i, I always say like, I, I i oscillate i oscillate between being a ruthless social darwinist mm. and and a socialist you know some days of of the month i'm in an empathetic mood where i'm understanding of of people and you know people living in poverty or whatever struggling mentally yeah. whatever it is. and then other days i'm just like well it's the way of the world it's it's ruthless and if you can't figure it out then yeah so i oscillate between two extremes Um, that's i probably i'm some probably similar to david like if you say you're going through a macca's drive-thru or something 
sometimes there might be someone there asking for food and like the the empathy in my heart and is like man I, like, I feel like I should do this um and then other times it's just like I could probably just ignore it and just drive right through and it's kind of it's kind of sad like thinking about when you have the chance to reflect on it but um like yeah like you say if you apply it to my own life well in some ways I know I just have to get over things like it was a fear buying a house is having to deal with all the utilities and stuff and organizing like internet and organizing power but it's like well if the gas runs out I just have to like as much as I hate dealing with that, yeah. you, you have mm. to do it, or you're not gonna be able to have a shower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it comes down. There's like there's, <laughs> there's two. Yeah. There's oh, I think ultimately there's only ever two options. Really, like you let whatever you're struggling with be you, or you don't. Yeah, yeah. And I think but another you, thing that helps me be empathetic is I often come back and think just how close I am to everything disappearing can very easily disappear and if you think about it maybe for you you'd be able to pick up another job easily you may or may not i don't know how you'd back yourself uh but think about that i yeah the business rough year in business layoffs and then all of a sudden you're out of a job it's very easy to sort of be uh brash Mm. and unsympathetic when you're in a job but just Mm. envision what would your life be like if you if you lost your job and that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like for me, I think about geez, it's so close that this could dry up, and then, and then I'm stuffed. Then I'll be one of these people doing nothing. And I think, geez, I hope we'll, there'll be someone there to to help me if that does happen. Hopefully, it won't. But yeah, it's you just have to kind of remind yourself that uh, just because things that you've seemingly got it all figured out mm. at the moment, that can quickly change. Yeah, yeah. fair points. Yeah, well spoken as well. Yeah, no, that's stoked with that one. Probably good way to end it. I don't yeah. really have any more final thoughts on that. I guess, Thanks yeah. for being open, David. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. say it's something that and historically haven't been good at. I only started having these conversations in the last eighteen months, especially probably the last six months. It's epic, man. Um, well, yeah, I guess my my final take would be whatever you're suffering from, whether it be a learning disability, ADHD, dyslexia, autism, uh, or just yes, struggling with depression, anxiety. Try and, yeah, just find the silver linings in it, I guess, with depression yeah. and anxiety that might be a bit harder, but you have ADHD and almost certainly, almost certainty there will be strengths that you have that others would be envious of and, and just try and hone in on, like I say, hone in, maximize your your positive, strong um, skills and minimize the weaknesses as much as possible, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I think also just to add on to that, um, like Reddit, for example, is a real good in some ways it can be cancerous, but yeah, like there's always communities for certain things. So whether you're into like a sports team or whatever, or you're going through ADHD, I'm sure there's subreddits for like people experiencing that or like personal finance. If you're wanting to like build wealth, like there's so many, the internet is a vast place and often you can find the answers you're looking for just by like going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Just looking for them. That probably, appear right before your eyes but then it's it's all about applying i guess yeah and i guess actually one more thing to add would be yeah whatever if you suspect you have an ld learning disability or uh or you just you're super depressed but you're too embarrassed to ask for help do it i was the same super embarrassing to you know talk to your doctor about that and ask for a referral to a psychiatrist uh you know i put it off for years because of that thinking how embarrassing that would be and a massive it's scarier weakness. than a driver's license test <laughs> way way scarier way yeah. scarier but you know i did it and you know i think it, 
maybe not stronger every day, but I'm getting stronger over time and you're know, being op- open about it and, and embracing it. Mm. And, you know, still have my days where I feel embarrassed and pathetic. That's the best you can <laughs> but, hope for, right? Eh? Yeah. Overall, but yeah, it, I think it'll be a net positive in, in your life if, you, mm. if you're really struggling with whatever it is to go and seek help, whether it be your family, friend, doctor, psychiatrist, therapy. Do Epic. it. Especially or, if you're a male, because I know it's a, it's a bigger problem for males than females. Everyone in general, but yeah, especially if you're a male, don't 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 be embarrassed. So because yeah, look, look at this. Start a I thought, yeah, I thought everyone would would sort of like drop about drop, drop me. Not that I have heaps of friends, but I thought that everyone would look at me differently and think I'm pathetic if you know I came out about these things. Sorry, I'm gonna go, end up talking again, but go for it. I was diagnosed with social anxiety when I was like 18, the year out of school, so nine, 18, 19, and I I lived the lie about that. Is when so I was on a benefit. It was a sickness benefit, not unemployment benefit. Uh, because it, my doctor wrote the note, whatever about that. I didn't even ask for it. He just said, you have every right to this. Uh, and I lived a lie. I, I lied to people, said that I was I, I was doing temping with trade staff. And uh, I was just living a lie, telling people that I had a job. And, Wait, so you never had a job with temping? I, I did, no, okay. I did, but but very temporarily. <laughs> right. But for a long, yeah, it was it was always. Twice. Yeah, Once, yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah. one-offs. So there was, it was a, heart, a very... A quarter truth, yeah. um, but I was living a, a lie. Technically, the truth. Yeah, <laughs> I was living a lie because yeah. I was so embarrassed. I thought if I if I uh, said that I have social anxiety, that everyone would look at me differently. Um, but yeah, that's not that's not the case. So no. yeah, good advice. Yeah, to anyone listening. Yeah, I think there's a, there's an abundance of help out there. there is. Like same with like self help, for example. There's the whole self help community. So despite what you're going through, I'm sure there's ways that you can at least go down that journey and find out more about yourself and be more open and honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. It's in the I think it's in the quiet times for me that I find it the easiest. So like having a shower, just like driving if I'm not listening to something. Like that's the most beneficial time for me, I guess, to like level up. And um, yeah, yep. But we'll wrap it up there. Sounds good. Episode thirty-six. I don't think I had a voice crack. Nice. <laughs> True. Yeah, no, I didn't pick up on it. <laughs> a good episode for that. Can you give us a goodbye with an intentional voice crack? <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sweet. Well, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find us there on YouTube as well. Yep. Um, not sure what we're talking about next time. Testosterone. Oh yeah. We're gonna. Oh re- yeah. yeah? We could oh, yeah. like testosterone might be too niche, but maybe testosterone slash off know. the pod, off the pod. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's us for this week. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will Thanks. see you next time. Later. Peace. Peace. Peace.